Hello and welcome to Trade Centre Live, brought to you by Sportsmate and Footy Live, where we talk all things trades, bring you all the breaking news and real opinions from real fans. Hashtag Trade Centre Live to get involved. It's day five and each day we're going to speak to two or even three fans, big fans about their respective clubs, followed by a 4pm show to wrap up your daily trade news. And hop, on, and hop on the Instagram page as well, at afl.footylive and hashtag TradeCenterLive on Twitter and Instagram. Stay tuned for the times of the daily shows and make sure you get on the app and listen in. We've also got polls and plenty of other content under the Trade Center tab in the app too. Now, I've chatted with Jimmy about the Suns and the Giants earlier in the week, but finally, I can talk about my real club, North Melbourne, with another real fan in Siobhan from the North Talk podcast, which you can access through the Trade Center tab on the Footy Live app. How are you doing, Siobhan? Good, thanks, Luke. I'm really excited to be able to discuss the ruse with you because I know we're both passionate fans and there's certainly a lot to discuss. Trade period is always a great time of the year. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah, like you said, I've been looking forward to, the, to diving into North with you for a while. We've had a couple of chats here and there throughout our time at Holmes, Glenn. Um, but before we get into the club itself, uh, just tell us what do you follow North and um, how did the North Talk podcast come to life? Yeah, so I've had a bit of an untraditional path to becoming a North supporter. So I grew up a Carlton fan. Um, my dad was a Blues supporter um, and I was raised a, a Blues fan until I was about 11. Mum was a North supporter or is a North supporter. Um, and I think I was just drawn to North. I think the fabric of the club is something quite special. It's a small um, supporter base in a small club, but certainly we don't lack passion. I love how the club gives back to the community and that underdog type atmosphere and, you know, they don't get anything handed to them. They work for everything and I really am drawn to to that. Um, And the North Talk podcast, well, um, we have a wonderful host, Ross Payne, who um, created the podcast a few years ago and his reasoning behind that was that North don't get a lot of media coverage being a small club. Um, He wanted to create a new platform for fans, by fans to express their views. Um, I was lucky enough to be asked by Ross to join the podcast. Um, I was pretty active on Twitter back in 2018 um, when he asked me to join the podcast. Um, I'm certainly not shy about voicing my opinions. Um, I, I love it. Um, it's great that Ross has established his podcast. Um, as I mentioned, we're a small club, but um, great supporters like Ross and the other team members who joined me were able to get our opinion across and have a voice in the media where sometimes I know Ross um, sees that we, we don't usually get a lot of coverage, but um, our pod, little podcast is able to you know, have a big impact in our small community. Yeah, that's really good to get the uh, word about North just circulating a bit more than some of the other big Victorian clubs. Uh, before we move on any further, you mentioned a Mentioned uh, you're a big Twitter user before, so I bet you plug your handle in uh, before you get going. Yes, our handle is at North Talk Pod. So give us a follow. That would be awesome. We do a podcast usually weekly when the season's up and running, but there'll be um, a podcast coming up soon regarding the trade period and then um, the draft as well, which is exciting as we have pick one this year. So um, we haven't had pick one in a very long time, but I don't think it's too much of a surprise who we might take, but we'll touch on that later, Luke. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we had a chat to uh, someone from the debrief before. So we're going from the top of the mountain, unfortunately, to the bottom, the wooden spooners. Uh, now, I felt it was sort of a year of two halves for the Roo boys, uh, 18th spot, but we sort of expected that, four wins, 17 losses and a draw. Uh, if you're a teacher, what would you grade the uh, Norse 2021 season? 
It's an interesting question, Luke. This might sound bizarre, but I've given us a, a six out of a 10. Um, I think we knew that it was going to be a year of development. And like you said, it was a year of two halves for sure. I think um, post-buy, there was a, a big tick. And I think um, for a lot of us, we wanted to see improvement in a lot of players. We saw that in Ben Mackay, who was outstanding down back. Simkin, who took out the Sid Barker medal. Um, Taryn Thomas, Luke Davies, Uniac. We blooded Tom Powell. Um, who was probably the surprise of the year in terms of how well he played. Um, Will Phillips, Charlie Lazaro. So there were certainly a lot of positives. Um, if we compare the Dogs game from the start of the year to the post-buy and even the Bombers game, there was a big difference in competitiveness. Um, the game plan looks very solid. We like to use the corridor a lot. Um, we're a great side to watch. And I think we have a lot of speed um, and players look really solid in their positions. So there's been a lot of development and growth, uh, which I think we were all looking for. And even though there weren't a lot of wins in, in the column, um, I think we can take a lot out of the year. Yeah, I had, the, I had that exact same thing noted down, that uh, sort of improvement from that Doggies game in round three. Uh, we'll touch on that, I'm sure, later uh, up until that other game where we only got done by 29 points. So that was, yeah, definitely fantastic improvement. Six out of 10, I think that's a that's a fair assessment too. Um, onto the highlights, there weren't a whole lot of them, unfortunately, but what was the highest of highs for you in 2021? Yeah, I think... Deep down, it's probably the Carlton win because dad barracks for the Blues um, and Larky kicking seven in that game. But I have to go with the West Coast win in Perth. That was, um, I haven't felt emotion like that in a long time. And being in Melbourne in lockdown, I'll tell you what, I think the neighbours thought someone was getting murdered. It was just amazing. I think especially the resolve that we we showed that West Coast kicked four of the last in that quarter and we came back to win. It was in the rain. It was a hostile crowd. Um, it was a great team win. We know that Jaden Stevenson, Taryn Thomas, Zerha, Cunnington all had great games, but thought everyone played their role. And to me, that game solidified that we're going in the right direction. And that was that circuit breaking win that made me think, gee, I think the list is coming together nicely. Yeah, I had those two wins noted down as well. Uh, now, I wouldn't call myself a diehard in terms of how I watch games. I'm, I'm a very laid back and quiet supporter, but I watched that game against West Coast with my dad on that Monday night. And boy, was I up and about. I could, I just really wanted us to get that done. I mean, I knew throughout the season, like, look, if we're up by this uh, three quarter time and we don't carry it out, it's not a big deal. But there was something about that night that I just really wanted us to pull through. And yeah, with that Carlton win, I also thought, that might have been better. Uh, I think because we were able to show that when we were on and executing a game plan that we can just put aside a way that wasn't up to it, and that's what we did against Carlton. Uh, just quickly, Jimmy asked me this question earlier in the week, so I thought I'd ask you too. How would you rate David, David Noble's first season at the helm? Yeah, it's a really interesting question because he's a wooden spoon coach in his first year, but I do think he did an outstanding job. Um, he has in, inherited the Brad Scott list and the Reshaw list for a brief period. So I do think we need to give him time to form his own club, own list. Um, he did embed a game plan that I thought was outstanding and he got the best out of many players. I think the Zebel off halfback move was inspired. He came third in the Sid Barker medal. Um, Stevenson on a wing and through the midfield, I thought, again, that was his idea and that worked really well. Um, the development of Ben Mackay this year was outstanding. I think overall he did a great job, but don't undersell the assistance he brought in. I think John Blakey, um, Heath Uni, 
and uh, Jordan Russell, all of those guys also contributed to the game plan and the improvement we saw. Um, I, yeah, it's an interesting question, Luke, because he did technically we won the spoon under Noble in his first year, but um, give him time and I think we'll start to reap the rewards of, of his coaching and his uh, game plan and style of, of coaching, which is very personable. Yeah, well, I think he's going to be a premiership coach next year. But anyway, <laughs> uh, as we know, uh, we touched on one before. There were plenty of low lights. So probably aside from that game on Good Friday against the Dogs, what was your lowest point of 2021? Yeah, I, clearly Good Friday, having Josh Bruce kick 10 against us wasn't the best feeling. But I think Gold Coast in round two was the game where I think I felt the most deflated. Um there weren't many winners on that night. We couldn't seem to score a goal to save our lives. And I did feel like watching that, watching us get thumped by a side that's sort of around about where we are, I thought, well, oh, how's this year going to pan out? I was a little bit concerned. I thought there wasn't, I very rarely say this, but for me, I didn't feel as though they gave 100%. I could be wrong, but, yeah, I felt pretty deflated after that game for sure. Yeah, I, I thought that round 23 game against Adelaide, uh, the last one, not a great way to finish the year. You know, we gave up 33 scoring shots. We lost the contested possessions by 41 and the clearances by 16. Did you sort of feel the same disappointment finishing the year off like that? Yeah, absolutely, Luke. That's a really good point. I know we played the Swans the round before and, again, didn't put four quarters together but were really competitive and, and came back strongly. And to finish the season on a low note, I do agree that it was a little bit disappointing. Um, I do think by the end of the year they were just exhausted, but it would have been nice to finish the year on a high. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, on to while we're mainly here, and that's the trade period. Uh, do you generally like it when North gets busy or do you prefer to sit back and sort of watch other clubs scrap for uh, picks and players? That's yeah, an interesting question. I love the trade period. Um, I know North have been very quiet so far, um, but I do like when – when North are busy, but with a purpose. I was hoping that we'd be able to snare that pick 19 from the Gold Coast, um, but that didn't happen. Um, Hopefully we try and work out a way to get up the draft board because I think our priority at the moment is getting good talent through the door. Even having a look at someone like a Jared Brander um, from West Coast, I know the back line is an area where I think we do need to bolster that. Um, I do love watching trade period pan out but um north have been quiet but hopefully that they start getting busy and and pull through with some deals that we don't expect yeah we do have a few names uh circling around the club this period but first off we'll look last year we did a right last season we lost higgins and ben brown uh in starting upon our rebuild but we also picked up core Lockie young r2d2 boston Balagi, and one of your favourites, Jaden Stevenson. Um, how, how did you see Jaden's season play out? Because the other three sort of weren't first choice. And as we know with Core, he was injured for most of the year. Yeah, Luke, you, you've touched on a very um, good subject for me. I do love Jaden Stevenson. I thought he had an outstanding year. Um, I think the area that he can improve on the most is consistency. But first year as a wing forward midfield tight rather than predominantly playing forward. I thought he was very, very good. He'll keep getting better. I think he'll keep building his tank, keep improving on those second efforts. I think the West Coast game 
no wonder that was my favorite game of the year, but I did think that that was his best game. Um, and round one against Port as well, I thought he played really well. At his best, he can win a lot of the ball and kick goals. And I think finding the balance between kicking goals and winning the ball um, is his sort of sweet spot, if you want to say that. I think he is, when he's involved in the play, North always seem to score or they look the most sort of exciting. And, and yeah, I think he, he when he's involved, North look um, like a really exciting side. So the more he's involved, <laughs> the better, obviously, we're, we're going to be playing. I agree. I think I remember against Carlton, he was just, uh, might have been early, early doors when it was sort of smashing them everywhere. He was just always that one getting that long kick inside 50. He was in, he had absolute paddocks to run into that might, uh, tell you more about Carlton than it does North, but uh, he definitely played well. Um, I was writing his name down before and I still can't believe we've got him on our list. So uh, for North, there's probably four main talking points, maybe five for this particular trade period. So we'll start with Robbie Tarrant uh, and his impending move to Richmond. Uh, what was reaction to this news? Yeah, I think I was in a little bit of shock because clearly he's been a great servant of the club for a long period of time. Um, Maybe we should have given him two years to begin with rather than the one. Um, I think the shock more came from the fact that we stuck with him for such a long time when he had those shoulder injuries early in his career. So I always thought he'd finish at North and and be a one-club player. But at the same time, he's not part of the next premiership side. Um, So I can understand his thinking in that regard. Um, We do have Aiden Kaur, as you mentioned before, who came across from the Giants, who does play that kind of medium to key defender role. And he'll come in and fill Tarrant's spot, but there's no doubt that he'll be missed. Um, He didn't play the first half of the year with obviously the the kidney um, concern. But um, yeah, when he came back, he did make a big difference. So he will certainly be missed. And I think a hole in our list, we do need to draft another key defender because um, he's pretty integral in, in the way we structure up. Yeah, I agree with that. I think mm-hmm. I think we missed. Yeah, I do hope we pick up someone, whether that's a prospect in the draft or if we can, you know, get our hands on someone like Jared Brander, he could play the same role. Um, someone who might be involved with that trade with Robbie Tarrant is Callum Coleman-Jones. I know you sort of predicted this on Twitter. I was reading that before. Yeah, great stuff. Um, do you like what you've seen from him in his limited time at Richmond? Thank you for the little pump up, Luke. I love Callum Coleman-Jones and... I think a little while ago, um, Troy Makepeace put on Twitter, would you rather Mackay or Kelly? Um, and I said, oh, stuff them both. We want Callum Coleman-Jones. And that's come to fruition. Um, the reason why I rate Callum Coleman-Jones so strongly is he has really strong hands. He can kick a goal and he's got forward presence where we really struggled. Clearly, we lost Ben Brown. Nick Larkey was thrust into that you know, solo key forward role. We do need another a forward, and he's in the right age bracket. He's coming from a successful club, um, and you can tell by Richmond's reaction to his trade request mm. that I think they thought, "Oh, we're losing a really talented player." Um, I don't know about how he goes in the ruck. Um, I think when 
we do pick him up, well, hopefully we do, um, he wants to play predominantly ruck and then go forward. But I'm sure he has plenty of potential. And like I said, he's in the right age bracket and he's certainly a competitor. Yeah, sort of in addition to that, this is a tough question, but it's it's only early early days. But do you think he has what it takes to be Goldstein's successor? Ooh, that's a tough question, Luke. Um, I don't know the answer to that, but he's he got age on his side and yep. he's got a great mentor in Todd Goldstein. And I think that might be part of the reason why he's attracted to coming to North is that um, if we have promised him more time in the ruck, he's got a star and a great bloke to go along with it in Goldstein to show him the ropes of playing ruck. Um, and like I said, it's very rare to find a ruck that can also go forward um, and and play well. And so that, that's why I think the CCJ, as we I think we'll get used to calling him, too many hyphens on the list now. Yeah, um, one more to come. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think he'll be a, a great pickup and has the potential to be a long-term player. Yeah, absolutely. On to the man he's probably replacing as a whole. Uh, Tristan Cherry has requested a trade to St Kilda, um, who are keen to bolster their ruck stocks with Paddy Ryder in the twilight of his career. Uh, do you think he's going to be a big loss? Probably not after you've just spoken about CCJ like that. Um, yeah, again, it's an interesting point because we saw a little bit of Tristan Cherry and he's a great – He's kind of the opposite to CCJ. I think he's a great ruckman, but there were question marks on him playing forward where I think Coleman Jones can bring both. Um, I don't know whether he'll be a huge loss. Time will tell because, again, he's still developing as a ruckman. It is disappointing to lose him um, due to the fact that we have put a lot of work into him as a ruckman, but I understand why he's going for more opportunities. Clearly he's going to be down the pecking order a little bit with Coleman Jones coming in. Um, We wish him obviously all the best, but I don't think he'll be a, a huge loss. Yeah, I think the same. And we've also got Jacob Edwards there as a as a long term prospect sort of thing. Um, onto Trent Dumont, uh, he only played fourteen games for us this year. Struggled with injury at the start. He was picked thirty in twenty thirteen. He averaged eighteen disposals this year, which was his lowest since twenty sixteen. Uh, sort of like Tr- Cherry. Do you think we'll miss him much if he if he does indeed go? We'll be back after a quick break. really interesting one Luke because I do see I rate Trent Dumont very highly but at the same time I think our midfield is the area where we're pretty stocked um, for players even on the wing it'll be disappointing to lose Trent because he's been part of the fabric for a while and he's also 
a leader, I suspect, within the group. Um, There were reports that he wanted to go back home even last year and whether or not that had an impact on the way he played this year. You did mention he was injured, but I didn't really feel as though he impacted games a hell of a lot. It's pretty easy to watch a game and maybe miss Trent Dumont a little bit in terms of what he does on the field. Um, Again, I think our midfield is is our strongest area. So if he does choose to go home um, and we can find a suitable trade for him, uh, I don't think he'll leave a a giant hole um, in the list such as what Robbie Tarrant might. Yeah, good point. Yeah, he he was part of the leadership group, so we'll be sort of sad to see him go, but hopefully he finds uh, consistent footy somewhere. On to the main event of the trade period, sort of trade, mostly draft. Um, I'm a fan of the Detroit Pistons in the NBA, and yes, we exist. And you might be thinking, why is this relevant? But uh, they had the number one pick in the most recent draft, and I was ecstatic. But then you sort of hear rumours that they might trade it away, so I got a bit nervous. But we kept it. We picked our player. Um, North looks set on keeping their number one pick, and it's the right decision, isn't it? The Detroit Pistons, that's interesting, Luke. I've got to look them up. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like North. Sometimes we get yeah. in the AFL landscape. Um, yes, it is It is the right choice to um, to keep the number one pick. I would be shocked if we traded it. Um the man that we all think North will take with pick um, one is obviously Jason Horn Francis. Um, he's an, He's got so much X factor. He's a once-in-a-generation type player. Um, he's been playing against men in the Sandful. He, again, that, that has an advantage. To, he can perform straight away ahead of others. He's been able to play in South Australia where the Victorian-based boys haven't. Um, and we have seen this impact throughout the 2021 season where a lot of the Victorian draftees from last year haven't really been able to um, put their stamp on the game with little kind of preparation behind them. I think North have to do the right thing and just straight out acknowledge him as pick one. I know there's talk that we could bid on Nick Dacos, who's going to Collingwood as a father-son, but I think, yeah, he's the clear number one pick. He can kick goals. He has power. He has speed, skills, the size. I think he can make an instant impact and, God, I'm excited. Yeah, so am I. Uh, the whole package. Yeah, described as Dangerfield-esque and as drawn comparisons to Nat Five. So yeah, can you think of two better players to be compared to in the AFL? Maybe, but, you know, we'll go with Five and Dangerfield. I think that's good enough. Absolutely. And he also performed on the big stage. If you look what he did in the preliminary final in the Sandful, 24 disposals, three goals and 10 score involvements. And he's 18 years old. So I think we have a lot to look forward to, Luke. That's perfect. Um, where does North finish in 2022? I'm thinking something like what Adelaide sort of produced uh, in 2021. They finished 15 for seven wins. Uh, where do you see us finishing? Um, yeah, it's another interesting question. I wouldn't be extremely disappointed if we finished last again, but I would need to see improvement in more players and improvement um, in the team cohesion, kind of building on what we did this year. I'd like to see, you know, Will Phillips, um, Thomas, Stevenson, Marnie, LDU, Zohar, the list goes on. I want to see more improvement in, in those players. Um, in terms of a ladder position, I can't think of another side that currently is, if you want to call, say worse or yeah 
would would deteriorate more than us. So I don't think ladder position matters to me too much, but I do need to see improvement in the team and, and the youngsters. Yeah, Hawthorne might be one to drop below us, uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. We've asked all our guests this week to create some sort of crazy trade that benefits their club. So is there any completely outlandish and nonsensical trade that you'd like to see North try and get done? I think this will sound absolutely ridiculous, but um, my ultimate dream is to have Sam Walsh on our side. So, I mean, I could always knock on Carlton's door and say, here, we'll give you Sean Attlee. And you can give us Sam Walsh. So we'll see how far that goes. (laughs) That sounds good. Um, Now I've got 10 fun questions for you to finish off the chat. Uh, Don't kill me, Jim, but I've stolen some ideas from you. Good artist, borrow, great artist, steal. So are you ready to go, Siobhan? Absolutely. Uh, Number one, who from North Melbourne would you most want to have a drink at the pub with? Ooh, these questions are very, very interesting. Um... I probably have to go Jane Stevenson just because I think um, he'd be a good time. I th- I'm sure of that. And, um, yeah, I also love the way he plays footy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, number two, 45 metres out, set shot to win the game at 45 degree angle. Who do you want taking it? Ooh, that is a very good question. If Ben Brown was still on our list, I would say Ben Brown, but I'll have to go um, with Nick Larkey because usually he's a dead eye and, yeah, very good kick. I've found Ben Cunnington to always be a reliable set shot too. But no, That's Nick a good one. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> uh, number three, who should be North Melbourne's next skipper? That's easy. Uh, Jai Simkin for sure. I was surprised I didn't announce it Sid Barker medal night, but I do think that um, we'll see him as skipper next year. Yeah. Uh, number four, which player from another club would you love to have at North? You, you sort of mentioned it before, but is there anybody else that you might want to bring aside from Sam Walsh? Oh, Sam Walsh, because again of his age and just his impact that he's had on the game in three years, it's pretty incredible. But I'd also like to take a Christian Petrarca because yeah. he's got the full package, just like I reckon Jason Horn would be very similar to him. Perfect. Um, which club do you hate the most and why? Oh, God, you're going to get my blood boiling. I think I am very similar to a lot of North supporters in saying the Bombers. I despise Essendon. I don't know if that's because of Jake Stringer. I'm not a big fan of him. But, yes, I do not like the Bombers. Um, I wasn't around for the marshmallow days, but <laughs> listening to the history and even just them now... Yeah, I love nothing better than beating the Bombers and unfortunately we haven't done that for a little while, so fingers crossed. I'm in the same boat, I think. I don't I don't hate clubs. I do love to beat them. But yeah, I think Essendon's at the top of that list. St Kilda as well for me, but that's just okay. for a few people I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if North Melbourne had to merge with the club, which is apparently always a chance, unfortunately for us, uh, who would you want it to be? But let me caveat with saying that it can't be the Gold Coast or the Giants. Because everybody's been saying that this week, so we'll go for something different. Yeah, um, I'm just thinking. So it's, it's a merger, so yep. both are okay. Do we get their players? Uh, probably form the best 22, I'd say, from both clubs. Okay, okay. Ooh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay in North Melbourne as well. Okay. Um, Melbourne? 
maybe, I don't know, maybe because they've won the premiership this year or maybe because they've, I love the G and we very rarely get to play there. So if we merged with Melbourne, maybe we'd play a few more games at the MCG. They've got rusted on supporters. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd get the cheese boards out. It'd be a different <laughs> It'd make my mum happy. She uh, grew up a Melbourne supporter, I think. Um, she started barracking them a bit more than North this year just because of where the teams are sitting on the ladder. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, if Netflix asked you to choose one player to do a documentary on about their life story, who would you pick? Oh, ben Cunnington, for sure. Um, oh. He barely says anything, but if you watch the Sid Barker medal night, um, he got emotional during his speech, um, obviously overcoming cancer um, last or this year. And I think he'd have a really interesting story. He's a country lad and we don't know a lot about him. So definitely Connors. Yeah. Um, we hyped him up before, but if you had to replace David Noble with one other current coach, who would it be? Ooh, current coach. So I can't say Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, that's been the consensus answer from everybody, I think. Alistair Clarkson. But yeah, no Clarko, so yeah. someone else. Da- uh, it would be Chris Fagan. Chris Fagan. I love Chris Fagan. I think he's... Um, he's got the right attitude and the right style of coaching. So I think that would also benefit quite a few of the young boys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on to nine, two more to go. Uh, Stevenson, Taryn Thomas, or Zerhai, you can only keep one. I think I know your answer. Oh, um, well, this is hard because I love um, Cam Zerhai as well, but I have to go Stevo. I have to. <laughs> Uh, on to the final, if you could pick someone from North to play millionaire hot seat on your behalf and whatever money they win goes to you, who would it be? Who's got the brains at North, basically? This is a very, very interesting question because I don't know a lot about their IQs. <laughs> I know quite a lot about their football ability. Um, oh, this is a tough question. I will go Aiden Core because I do believe that he's studying some kind of business law degree. I could have that totally wrong, but I do remember hearing something about that. So I'll say I didn't call. Yeah, nice. Well, terrific stuff, Siobhan. That was, I enjoyed that, talking about North. Um, that's it for now. Hashtag Trade Centre Live to get involved, everyone. We're going to be back at 2pm today with some Richmond talk. So if you're a Tigers fan, put that one in your calendar or set a reminder on your device. But before we head off, Siobhan, give us a quick North plug again and where can everyone find your content? Beautiful. It's the handle for our Twitter is North Talk Pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, and you can just Google North Talk Podcasts and it'll come up. Um, like I said, we will be having a trade podcast coming up, a draft podcast, and we usually do a podcast weekly throughout the season discussing all things North. And as always, it's a fan, it's a fan podcast by fans for fans, which is always great. Lovely stuff. It's an exciting time to be a North Melbourne fan. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be back at 2pm, followed by the Daily Wrap at 4pm. See you, everyone. Thanks, guys.